Under the Cortex is brought to you by Macmillan Learning Psychology. While the past several decades can rightly be called the information age, the rise of social media platforms makes it seem like the past few years could be considered the misinformation age. The viral nature of alternative facts, rumors, and planned disinformation campaigns has taken its toll on global politics, the economy, and healthcare. If only we could be told when we were reading misinformation, that might solve all our problems. Or perhaps not. Does knowing that a news story is false really inoculate us against misinformation? This is Charles Blue with the Association for Psychological Science, and to explain one piece of this puzzle is Max Bai, a postdoctoral scholar in the Polarization and Social Change Lab as part of the Stanford Impact Labs, who presented new research at the 2022 APS Annual Convention earlier this year. Welcome to Under the Cortex. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Glad to be here. Can you explain to us, in very simple terms, what you've found about misinformation and why you're researching it? Yeah, so uh, in the current psychological intervention research, a lot of uh, studies on how we can combat and address misinformation issue and people's exposure to it is to uh, help people recognize the misinformation as misinformation. So telling people or helping people to recognize the fake news as fake. At some point, I just like uh, started to wonder, like, does this thing really help? And uh, to what degree this thing can play a role in our uh, overall strategy of uh, combating misinformation, in particular, how it's related to some other alternative approach, such as like a counter moderation or using algorithm to potentially rank lower the misinformation in people's environment in the beginning. As a social psychologist, uh, I tend to use the experimental method and uh, look at how people uh, respond to information like this. In one set of experiments, uh, what I found is that by just like blatantly tell people and ensure people that what I'm showing them is missing information and fake news and things like that, are people still going to be affected by it? Are people going to believe the content that are related to it? And are people's attitude or behavior intention going to be shifted around based on what I'm saying in the misinformation? Again, the misinformation people know about it is uh, it's not real. And uh, in the end, it sounds like people still are, uh, their beliefs are still shifted around and their political attitude related to it are still uh, changed. So to me, that sounds like uh, it's suggesting that, well, probably just by telling people and helping people recognize misinformation as misinformation is not going to be the entire part of the overall strategy. And sometimes we really need to gravitate toward a, a lot of the strategies that are focusing on the macro level things, uh, the things about reducing the presence of misinformation in our environment in the beginning. It seems counterintuitive. If I were told that I'm just going to be reading essentially fiction or something that has less than factual information, I would disregard. I might read it for the amusement's sake. But what you're saying is even with that information, the people in your study, when asked later, expressed some agreement or some recognition that what they heard was true. Is that what you found out? Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of it really depends on what people are going to do with the misinformation uh, once they read about the false nature of that misinformation. 
if people are just like stop reading and not even looking at the looking at the content or or the headline, then people are not going to be exposed to anything, and therefore, probably no change going to ever happen on their belief and attitude. Uh, but the issue is that a lot of times when we're seeing something in our social media feed, regardless if it's a flag as a false or not, like a, our attention just like automatically drift toward it, and sometimes they can still、uh, potentially change our、uh, belief and attitude. Could you explain a little bit about how you actually constructed this research? Yeah, so I did a couple of studies. There are five experiments in their total. I have participants just like read a sentence, something along the line of like, okay, what you're going to read is、uh, entirely false and made up. And also to make sure that participants understood that it is、uh, it is not real, they also have to type down their understanding. They couldn't just copy and paste. They really have to type down, so they understood it. Then they read、uh, one of the three versions of a,、uh, a false news headline. Again, all of them are entirely made up. In one version, it talks about how eating black pepper can help people prevent getting COVID. One talks about how eating black pepper can lead people to have COVID, and another one is something、uh, that's just、uh, not relevant to the black pepper. So that is the designated control condition. Then I ask participants、uh, how likely they will increase or decrease their eating of black pepper in the future. So what the results shows is that. People still、uh, indicated they wanted to eat more black pepper if they were in the condition that says black pepper is helping people to prevent COVID nineteen, and people indicated they wanted to eat less black pepper if they were in the condition where the article says that eating black pepper can lead to、uh, getting COVID nineteen, and the participants、uh, for sure understood it was not real. So you found that even knowing it was false, people changed their behavior. Well, in that particular study, it's、uh, what we call the behavior intention. So it is just a question of、uh, like people indicating how much they wanted to eat more and less in the future. It was not really measuring about the exact behavior、uh, that people were going to do. So you had a fake news article. Was it a full article or just a headline? Oh yeah. So in that particular experiment,、uh, what I had is just a short Twitter-like posting. So it is a headline with just like two three sentences, or maybe a couple more with a picture, and that turned out to be、uh, by itself sufficient to move people's、uh, attitude. Well, that seems to make sense because if you had to have them read a full article, there have to be some explanation of why this is or how it works or studies that have been done. But in this case, it's just a very simple statement: black pepper either leads to COVID or helps prevent COVID. Did you have the chance to go back and? Check this later down the line. So this was just an initial report. After reading this, and they responded yes or no, far more. Do we have any information about any more ingrained impact of misinformation? Right. For that particular study, I didn't do any of the longitudinal components, so I couldn't really tell uh, uh, whether it actually shaped the behavior down the road or、uh, how long it lasted. But Uh, in a different side of the experiment, I actually did longitudinal things.、Uh, so in that experiment, I did the same thing with、uh, telling people they were going to read something that's made up, that's false, and、uh, they read one of the two versions of the article.、And、one article claimed that Republicans are more supportive of the smoking ban、uh, in the public places, and the other version talks about how Democrats are more supportive doing this than Republicans. And、uh, I looked at participants' uh, own uh, belief. In, In how much Republican versus Democrats are supportive of this policy, and that thing changed after the exposure, not just、uh, immediately after the exposure, but that was something that was observable two days later, 
and again nine days later. And what I think is uh, even more interesting is this: I also ask participants how likely they themselves will want to uh, support banning smoking、uh, in the public places. And what I discovered is that people's attitude toward it diverged based on their own political partisanship. So Republican people became more supportive of it if they were reading the article that talks about how other Republicans、uh, are more supportive of it, whereas the Democrats are、uh, on the reverse trajectory. They become more supportive of it if they were in the other condition that talked about how Democrats are more supportive of this. And this was something that's also temporarily enduring. So that was something that's observable two days later, and again、uh, nine days later. So that gives us a little more evidence that this is not something that just like a change your attitude in the moment, but that's something that could even like lead to like a a temporarily enduring attitudinal change. To make sure I understand this question about whether or not you support、uh, banning smoking in indoor spaces or public spaces. This also was something where people were aware that it was fake news, or was this just a general statement, and they had to process it as far as it was related to their politics? Right. So this was something that participants was、uh, they were also thoroughly instructed. It was something that's entirely made up. There's nothing real in there. That's remarkable. That even though people don't knew that they were reading something that was. A fake comment about a political party. Depending on their own party, it actually changed at least for a week or so what they felt about a, a particular social issue. Is there anything in this research that you've done that actually surprised you? That you kind of know people are susceptible, but is there something that you uncovered that was not anticipated? I think、uh, that result itself is something that is quite interesting to me and、uh, quite surprising. Because、uh, in most of the psychological research, you usually don't see things that can、uh, last for a couple of days. Like if you can get a manipulation work in the same session, that would be great enough.、Uh, and this is something that can、uh, last for a couple of days. And、uh, what it also surprised me is that it has like a very, to me, it has a very frightening implication to the、uh, democracy itself. It essentially suggests that there is a very easy way for people to create political division where there is none in the beginning, and it's not something that's just like creating in just a one moment. It is something that can take up for a while to fade away potentially. And if this is something that a political actor with a bad intention try to do in the in the electorate, they can very easily just create a real division among the citizens that just self perpetuate over time. In that study, I also just didn't、uh, deliberately choose to not to use any any real issue that is a hot rising in the environment. And、uh, some people might say, "Oh, okay, people probably didn't have any attitude and belief on this、uh, in the beginning." But I think that's precisely、uh, what is so scary about the implication, because a lot of time when we're looking at a novel social issue that is not yet politicized, like COVID nineteen in the beginning, just like a very minor. Division among the political elites, plus some repeated、uh, misinformation、uh, that is in people's environment, that thing can by itself just、uh, perpetuate over time and, and exacerbate and、uh, widen the division between political partisans. Seems like you could even pick a topic that is completely benign and may have absolutely you know, no prior feelings toward and wouldn't even consider a political issue, but with this approach, you could. Turn it into a wedge issue 
pitting two sides against each other, even if they knew that the information was made up. It seems very easy then uh, to uh, manipulate people when politics is involved. Would you expect a similar enduring factor if it weren't political? Say, for example, with your black pepper example, is there something different in the way people process or or emotionally connect to an issue that uh, makes it uniquely powerful when it's a political comment? Right. I think about the politics uh, in this context, it is it is pretty special because like people in America in particular are very very motivated by their political identity. It is a combination of the, the group identity motivation and uh, other psychological motivation, including threat perception, epistemic need, and all of that. You have a couple of very interesting results. One about people immediately saying whether or not they'll choose to slightly modify their diet depending on how it impacts COVID. The other is creating a wedge issue where none existed before. Where does this research lead? What's the next step for us to understand? So we have a little better understanding of how fake news, how misinformation can so easily elicit a response, even when we know that it's not true. Right. Yeah, I think uh, generally in the whole field of uh, social science, more needs to be done about how to reduce people's exposure to misinformation in the beginning, uh, how to reduce their presence in people's environment. So that would be a lot more important in many ways than helping people to recognize them once they are already in people's environment. Uh, of course, helping people to recognize misinformation as fake is something that is better than nothing. But uh, within psychology, I think also more can be done about just like helping people to reduce their uh, sharing of misinformation. A friend of mine was actually recently doing some work on uh, on this. I think he found something like uh, uh, people while engaging in this thing called like mindless sharing. So they look at uh, their social media feed, uh, they see something, then without knowing or verifying the authenticity of the content, they just go ahead and click sharing. And that's one of the like a uh, what I think uh, the most dangerous type of uh, online behavior people can engage in. And uh, I think uh, also in the future, probably psychological researchers could uh, engage in more for intervention research that reduce uh, that kind of thing, like sharing uh, content that are false or misleading. So the idea is essentially nip it in the bud before someone has a chance to share it, because once it's essentially out of the box, it's much harder to counteract, even if you are able to flag things as misinformation. Right, right, exactly. Well, I guess we do have our work cut out for us as we move into the future, particularly uh, with the upcoming elections in the United States. I'm certain we will have our fair share of less than accurate details, but uh, if the idea then is uh, identify it, help people identify it, and in the long run, reduce the exposure to it, uh, that sounds like as good a start as any. This has been Charles Blue with Under the Cortex, and I have been speaking with Max Bai, who is with the Polarization and Social Change Lab at Stanford Impact Labs, and who was one of the featured Flash Talk presenters at the 2022 APS Annual Convention earlier this year. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Introducing Macmillan Learning's Achieve for Psychology, setting a whole new standard for integrating assessment, activities, and analytics into your teaching. Now live and dedicated version for Macmillan's 2022 psychology titles, Achieve brings together everything instructors and students love about our digital course content, including interactive ebooks, learning curve adaptive quizzing, additional assessments, 
immersive learning activities, extensive instructor resources, and more, all in a powerful yet easy-to-use new platform. And now, we'd like you to have an exclusive first look and tell us what you think. Go to macmillanlearning.com forward slash psych sessions for your own special preview of Achieve. Macmillan's Achieve for Psychology, engaging every student, supporting every instructor, setting the new standard for teaching and learning.